Good morning, good morning. <clears throat> hello, hello, hello. <laughs> oh my goodness, do you know what? I'm sat here at the same time as I was yesterday. Um, Again, next to an open window. But it is feeling so much cooler today. Um, Yesterday was horrific, absolutely horrific. Um, Oh my goodness, it was terrible. Uh, definitely, definitely not a good day. Um, I didn't want to do anything because it was just so hot. Um, although I did dance around the front room with the children. Uh, we all, <laughs> all four of us danced around the front room um, when it turned to one million. Um, <laughs> I think I, I've had a, a little bit of overexcitement yesterday because I did get carried away um please <clears throat> please excuse my voice my voice is very croaky this morning um because my my vocal cords have not woken up properly yet <laughs> it's too early in the morning for them um right 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 so congratulations to all of us on our one million download um it's gone way over that now um it's brilliant i <laughs> love it um have to say happy birthday to craig one of my friends um and uh he is oh i don't know how old he is actually thinking about it but um yeah i've got to say happy birthday to him so happy birthday craig have a lovely day <laughs> um right oh my goodness what shall we find out today did any of you try the water and wine um experiment <clears throat> did you manage to convince uh, mummies and daddies to give up a little bit of their wine or their whiskey <laughs> um, i hope you didn't just pinch it <coughs> oh excuse me Right, so, so, um, the riddle yesterday was, um, I can't remember, it was about a truck, wasn't it? Um, and that it suddenly emptied all its load, but that lots of people saw, but nobody told the driver, why not? It was because it was a dumper truck. So it was meant to be dumping its load all over the place. <laughs> so that was a bit of a cheaty one, wasn't it? But never mind. Now, the riddle for today, I still haven't had any answers. So I'm assuming that nobody knew the answer to that one. Maybe you will know the answer to this one. Um, Let's have a look. Oh, well done if you did know the answer to that one, by the way, and just didn't tell me. <clears throat> oh, excuse me. So, how do you make the number one disappear by adding something to it? So, the number one disappear by adding something to it. And it's only one thing. <clears throat> So, if you know the answer to that one, please let me know. <laughs> um, right, our fun fact today, okay, oh, 
it involves numbers, so please forgive me. Um, it is that our sun, so you can see that little fiery ball up in the sky. Do you know how much that weighs about on average? It weighs 2,000 million, 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 million tons. That's oh, so big, so so big. Um, so yeah, I don't, I wonder how much the earth weighs. Well, maybe we might find out because I know somebody has asked um, that as an impossible question. So once I uh, research it and find out, I will let you know. So now we know what the sun weighs. Does the earth weigh more? Hmm. Well, we will find out. <laughs> um, today's impossible question is about bikes. Um, Edie, thank you for your um, impossible question about germs. So all these impossible questions are going, getting written down and I'm sort of trying to tick them off as I go. Uh, <clears throat> so Edie, um, once I have researched yours a little bit more, um, I will be telling you the answer um, about your germy question. <laughs> Uh, so today, as I say, the impossible question is, why is it easier to balance on a moving bike than one that's just stood still? Well, actually, I think that's a very, a very good question. And it's come from Harry. Not Harry Potter, just Harry. <laughs> Maybe Harry Potter, who knows? Um, but I would imagine if it is harry potter that's asking that question he would probably use magic um so if you're not going to use magic <laughs> I, I will answer the question for you um so it's strange that we struggle to walk along a tightrope or a beam but on wheels just three centimeters wide we can zoom down hills leap through the air and lean into corners without tipping over. Mm, doesn't seem possible, does it? But it is. It's far harder to balance on a bike that's standing still. But what are the forces, uh, so the pushing and pulling motions, that stop bikes tipping over when they're moving? Bicycles were invented at least 200 years ago, but scientists still find this question impossible to answer once and for all. Ooh, so you may well have found an impossible question, Harry. For a long time, scientists thought it must be a force from the spinning wheels themselves. When a wheel or ball spins quickly, it becomes hard to tip or turn it to one side. An object like this is known as a gyroscope. And it is super stable. This helps to explain why a bike without a rider can balance itself if it's going fast enough. Find a flat, safe space. Give your bike a push and see for yourself. The wheels just don't want to tip over. 
However, as soon as a person gets on the bike, the extra weight pushing down on the saddle and handlebars cancels out this gyroscope effect. So, it can't be that. Next, scientists looked at the shape of bikes themselves. The part that connects the handlebars and the front wheel is tilted backwards, creating a gap called the trail. It helps to make a bike more stable. But, and there's always a but, isn't there? <laughs> One team of scientists built a bike without that trail and it could still balance itself. Like the gyroscope effect, the trail can't be the only reason we find it easy to balance on a moving bike. So, the way that your weight gets spread out when you're sitting on a bike is very important too. The centre of gravity is lower at the front of the bike than at the back. This causes the front wheel to automatically turn in the direction that you're falling, instantly steering the bike back underneath you again. So the shape of a bike is definitely important in helping it balance. It's why most bikes share a very similar design. However, it is possible to fall off a bike. We've all done it. <laughs> so something else must be going on as well. My word, is there anything else that could be going on? Well, the missing part of the puzzle is you, of course. As you pedal along, enjoying the view, your brain is secretly very hard at work. It detects every tiny wobble and long before you realise that you're tipping over, it tells your muscles to make tiny changes that keep you upright, such as moving your body, pedalling harder on one side or steering a fraction to one side. It takes a while for your brain to learn to do this on autopilot, which is why beginner cyclists are wobblier. <laughs> Although scientists still don't fully understand how bikes stay up, they do know that each piece of the puzzle is equally important to stop you falling off. There you go. Ha! Fancy that. <laughs> so, um, now you know why you, well, part of the reason why you stay on a bike. Because they still don't know the whole reason. Um, I have just watched crow, a couple of crows and um, over, the, over the back of us just... Um, just to sort of opposite there's a big tree and every year um, two crows have a nest in there and they have a baby and every year we watch the baby um, finally come out of the nest and 
crows are brilliant parents they really are they look after the baby for um at least six months um once it's out of the nest instead of just letting it go um but they're very very protective of it and th this particular this year's baby has just come out of the nest we saw it for the first time yesterday and um the mummy and daddy crow are very very protective of the area around the tree but um we have well we have a another tree um further along and that is home to about seven or eight magpies and magpies and crows don't get on at the best of times but when they have a baby <laughs> um it's, it's like world war three out there it really is um and i've just watched the magpies annoying and they know that they shouldn't do it but they do it anyway and um, they wind the crows up by going round there and flying too near their nest so too near the baby for the mummy and daddy crows liking and there's just been one heck of a fight out there between two crows and two magpies <laughs> and um they were in the air it was like armageddon in the air and then um all over the the house roofs opposite me um in people's front gardens <laughs> Um, I thought I was going to have to go out there and stop it, um, chase them all away and make them stop fighting before somebody got hurt. <laughs> oh, my goodness me. Oh, right. Now I've finished telling you that. Um, what, 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 what um, is the days today? Well, it's Sunday. Um, hopefully it's going to be a lot cooler than it was yesterday because yesterday was horrendous. But um, it's also, also National German Chocolate Cake Day. Ooh, <laughs> definitely, definitely something to enjoy. So German Chocolate Cake. Ooh, and it's also national corn on the cob day there's only two days today um that it is both edible and both things that i like chocolate cake and corn on the cob love both of those so that's what we'll be eating today <laughs> um so let's have a look my daughter wants to bake more cookies today so i think that's probably i made my brother go out and get all the um all the ingredients yesterday because it was too hot for me to move <laughs> that's what i told him anyway um so um he's brought all the stuff round uh so i think that that is probably what we're going to be doing today baking a few biscuits um and if we've got any anything left over um some cakes as well maybe well it won't be german chocolate cake but maybe just ordinary chocolate cake yum okay what story shall we have let us see let us see uh right go into the library 
And, 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 we're going to have chapter 14 of Daisy and the Trouble with Coconuts. So, let us read on chapter 14. The trouble with funfair ice creams is you have to pay more if you want flumps on them. And you have to pay even more if you want strawberry sauce as well. Marshmallow flumps are one of my favourite ice cream sprinkles. And strawberry sauce is one of my top squirty things in the world. So, once Grampy had given the ice cream lady some money, I absolutely had to have both. And a flake. Nanny thought I must definitely be full after my slush puppy, hot dog, burger, tomato sauce, candy floss, swirly lolly and two boxes of popcorn. But the good thing about popcorn is it's really light. So it means you'll always have room for ice cream, flumps, strawberry sauce and a chocolate flake. Especially on a really hot day. The trouble with eating funfair ice creams on really hot days is you have to eat them really, really quickly. Otherwise, your ice cream will melt, which means your flumps might fall off and your flake might come out. Plus, your strawberry sauce might dribble down your cornet and go all over your hand. Ugh. Luckily, I'm an expert at eating ice creams really, really fast. Which is handy because if I'd eaten my ice cream any slower, I would absolutely, totally never have been ready to go on. Wait for it. Have you guessed it? The Coconut Shy. When Grampy told me he'd seen an actual coconut shy at the film fair, I nearly dropped my last bit of cornet. A coconut shy isn't a shy coconut, by the way. It's a game where you get to throw really, really hard balls. At first, I couldn't see the coconut shy anywhere because there were too many people. Luckily, Grampy is taller than me, so it was easy for him to point the way. Oh, the trouble with pointing the way is it still doesn't stop a funfair from being really crowded. But once we'd squeezed past a really, really long queue for the roller coaster and a much shorter queue for a ride called the Teacups, I saw the coconut shy with my very own eyes. Plus, I saw... 
the actual coconuts that Grampy said we were going to win. They were sitting on the top of some long sticks that the coconut shy man had banged into the grass. At the front, lots of people were lined up, throwing balls at the back of the tent. Every time they hit the back of the tent, the balls dropped down and landed on the grass. I can do that. I know I can do that, I said to Grumpy. All I need is some balls. Once Grumpy had paid the coconut shy man some money, I was given five balls of my very own. They were quite small balls, but they were made of hard roundish wood, which meant they went a really long way when you threw them. After I'd thrown all five of my balls, I was absolutely sure I'd won a prize because every single one of my balls hit the back of the tent and every single one of them rolled down and fell into the grass, just like everybody else's. Trouble is, that isn't what you have to do to win a coconut. I thought it was because that's what everyone else was doing. To win a coconut at a coconut shy, you actually have to knock an actual coconut off an actual stick. Which means you have to aim at the actual coconuts with your balls. Grampy said that was what everyone throwing the balls was trying to do. But it didn't look like it to me. Some people weren't even getting close. Now that I knew the rules of how to play, Nanny said I should have another go. So I did. Trouble is, I missed all five times again. Oh, the trouble with missing all five times again is it makes you start to get cross again. And it makes you need another go. Once Nanny had given the man some more money, Grampy stood behind me and told me how to aim. He told me to put one foot forward, one foot back, point at the coconut with my free hand, hold my wooden ball as far as I could with my throwing hand, close one eye and blam it. So I did. But I missed again which made 11 balls I hadn't hit a coconut with, which made me feel even crosser. So I aimed again. The trouble with aiming at a coconut when you're cross is it makes your eyes go googly, which means you miss even more. Especially if you look, let go of the ball and you growl as well. When Grampy heard me growl, I think he got a bit nervous. So he asked the coconut shy man if I could stand a bit nearer on the next throw. Which is totally fair, because if you ask me, the more balls you buy, the nearer to the coconuts you should be able to get. When the coconut shy man said I could step in front of the line to do my next throw, I was sure I'd be able to hit a coconut. Except I didn't. I missed again. Or at least my ball did. 
which made me the crossest I'd been all day and the growliest. So Grampy asked if I could stand a bit nearer still. The trouble with standing a bit nearer still is the coconut man said I was standing too close now, which I wasn't. But he said I was, so I had to step back a bit. <clears throat> which meant that I missed with my 14th ball as well. And my 15th, because I was still feeling a bit put off. Which made me want to punch all the coconuts and kick all the sticks over and scream louder than any scream I'd done all day. But I didn't, because Grampy said... He'd win me a coconut instead. Ooh, now, do you think he's going to win? Mm. Well, we will find out in chapter 15. Have you ever tried winning a coconut at a funfair? Have you ever, ever tried throwing a ball and knocking a coconut off the stick? It is such a difficult thing to do. So difficult. <laughs> oh, my goodness me. I do not throw very well at all. Um, my brothers used to say to me, you throw like a girl. And um, I couldn't understand it because I am a girl. So, of course, I throw like a girl. But apparently it's an insult. <laughs> apparently. If you throw like a girl, it means that you don't throw very well at all, which rubbish. Girls throw just as well as boys. <laughs> Apart from me, I just don't throw very well at all. I miss everything. The only way that I can ever hit anything is by not aiming and sometimes even closing my eyes. Um, and if I throw it, it's just a fluke that it hits it. <laughs> Anyway, anyway, um, I need to go get a drink or something for my throat. Oh, dear me. And try and make my voice wake up a little bit. So, um, I will speak to you all tomorrow. Um, I will try and find out all of these, um, impossible questions, the answers to them. Um, and if you've got any riddles or jokes or fun facts or anything like that to come to send in, please do. And don't forget the answer to the riddle, um, which is today, how do you make the number one disappear by adding just one thing to it? <laughs> right. I am going to go um, and I will see you all same time, same place tomorrow. Have a wonderful, wonderful day um, and don't forget to take care and stay safe. Bye for now.